We're back. Part two of the perimenopause episode because we loved talking with Suzanne. She is full of great information, funny stories, very personable. Mm -hmm. And we thought that it would just run better as two shorter episodes versus one really long one. Yeah. We, We ended up talking to her for longer than we thought, but it, we didn't want to cut any of it out because it was so helpful and insightful. So this is part two. She's going to get more into kind of what she's learned, what she is sharing with other women, and she's going to talk about food and what to eat, what not to eat, and she's going to share a little about how her weight has changed since going through perimenopause in a good way. Let's dive in. Let's dive in. I love how you say that about like how we really just need to give ourselves a little grace in that in that stage. And then you said um, how this is this is a stage, a phase, and it will come to an end. So you've you've crossed. Let's just say you've crossed the finish line, right? You are you are officially in menopause. So is it just one day the roller coaster kind of slows? <laughs> Yeah, was it noticeable to you? This is what I want to know. How did you know? <laughs> well, honestly, for me, and, and I will backtrack and say every woman's different, just like every woman's, yeah. you know, young girl's puberty experience and every woman who does become pregnant, that those experiences are different. This is different for, for every woman, okay? For me, it was significant, but I had never had children, so I had never had the hormonal changes. Um, but uh, for me, it was just all of a sudden things just started to kind of ease up a little bit. It's kind of like you were going up a hill um, or a mountain, at least in my case. And then all of a sudden you're like, oh, I plateaued. I'm kind of, I've gotten to my point. I, I hit the peak. And um, and I remember sitting with my doctor and we had done some final hormone testing and um, and she was like, yep, yep, you're here. And I, and I even told her, I said, I need to go buy myself a steak dinner because this is like the best day of my life. <laughs> I love that. Do you so you feel back to yourself for the most part now? Well, I'm not the I'm not the person I was at age 30 or uh-huh. 35, but I'm a person um, at soon to be 51 who says, you know what? Maybe you know. For me, I'm not a, a, a huge um, person to to exercise. I eat really well. I move just you know um, just in day to day activities, but you know. It's okay that I have maybe a little bit more in my my belly. Um, that's kind of eased up a little bit, um, but just to say, you know, it's okay to say no to certain commitments and um, to step back and enjoy the next phase of my life. Yeah, it kind of sounds almost like your favorite word, Briarly. Mm-hmm. Validation. It's almost like recognizing it and, and validating it, and then it becomes something you can manage and yeah. give right. yourself some grace. Yeah, exactly. Or. I was having a conversation with um, a, a colleague actually just yesterday and um, near, I think she was nearing, yeah, she's nearing 49 and has been through a major, uh, major health crisis. And, you know, she said, I'm not sure how, you know, how long I can do what I've been doing for 12 years. And so we had that conversation yeah. of maybe what does the next phase of your life look like? Yeah, And so I think that's important to keep in mind is that you don't have to be the person you were 
or the woman you were at 25 or 30 or 35 or even 40, um, depending on when, you know, you went through different life stages. Um, for me, I'm like, I don't have to be that person at 35 who says, yes, I'll commit to that. Yes, I'll commit to that. And, you know, the word yes comes out um, at that point in my life, came out far more than the word no did. Today, the word is, or the phrase is, let me think about it. I love that. Suzanne, I feel like I'm in a therapy session with you. Um, especially having seen, having worked with you earlier in your career, knowing you younger. <laughs> um, gosh, this is so good for me to hear. <laughs> well, you're getting ready for your class um, later this spring. What can you tell us a little? I know you're going to bring a food component in there, yeah, exactly. um, but what are you what are you teaching them? Um, what's your what's your goal or what's your what's your kind of plan? Well, I think for me, and it's it's going to be um, a one time session. I hope I get to repeat it. I'd love to do a multiple uh, multiple class session in the future, but um, you know. Focusing on the food component that become or the components that become critical at this point in a woman's life. Um, number one, you've got to start focusing on heart health big time because as soon as those, as soon as that estrogen starts dropping, you know the risk for heart disease goes up. And we know that the leading killer of women um, is not certain cancers; it's heart disease. Okay, mm-hmm. so. You know, stay focused on your heart health, get those um, regular checkups with your primary care doctor, know where blood pressure is running, know where um, that cholesterol, you know, that cholesterol profile, what it looks like, and then begin looking at your diet and saying, okay, for me, it's okay, maybe I go out for my favorite Tex-Mex or whatever once every six weeks as opposed to once every week, okay? Mm-hmm. Um so looking at that and then also considering, you know, bone health, my mm-hmm. bone density, because one of my greatest concerns with my myself and my own middle-aged or my middle-aged patient population, female patient population are falls. Okay. Um, because if those bones become weaker or as you start to, you know, not getting adequate protein in, um, hopefully doing some strength training, even if it's just, you know, Kind of walking to kind of work out um, those muscles a little bit. If you start losing bone mass and you start losing muscle mass, you're going to lose strength and the risk for a fall can be critical, if not ultimately, um, sadly for some individuals, it can be fatal. And so, you know, really focusing on um, the foods again for heart health, you know, looking at what is the quality of my diet? You know, how much produce doesn't have to be fresh, can be can be frozen. Um, am I getting in? Am I getting in adequate um, calcium, um, you know, in my diet? And then again, that protein, am I getting in adequate protein to preserve my muscle mass um, so that I don't become weak? And, you know, and I've certainly had patients who fell and they weren't found for a couple of days um, because they lived alone. Um, you know, I want to teach women to, you know, those are critical issues. It's not just about how you look. It's not just about the fatigue. I mean, those are, those are huge issues, but it's also about your future health. And once you move past this, what is the next stage going to look like? And you've got to maximize your health to, to go into that next phase um, in a, in a good way. Yeah. That's a really good point. Especially when you talk about protein and 
and not getting it enough because I think, you know, we know that as we get older, our metabolism slows a little bit, right? And particularly in this, you know, phase of life for women. And so it becomes, I think, a little bit more common to just kind of dial back what you're eating, but not necessarily thinking proportionally about the value of protein. Um, and also, the I think one of the things that I've learned um, in the last few years, more so than I ever remember learning when I was training to be a dietitian, is the value of, of getting protein, you know, balanced out throughout the day. So not just a big one big meal, but, you know, spreading it out throughout the day because that's the, the best way to do it for your body. Right. And I think it's, it's so important, I think, because you had mentioned broadly earlier, you know, this is a stage of life where maybe you're not juggling children's schedules. Um, you're not trying to plan family meals. Maybe you're planning meals for one or two. Mm-hmm. And um, I so often have female patients say, oh, it's just me. And so they skip meals mm-hmm. or they just have like snack foods. And I'm like, no, 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 we don't need to do that. We can look at, you know, making things different, making things easier, but you've got to get that adequate protein in and I need it spread throughout the day um, as much as possible. Um, But because, you know, sometimes you've got that empty nester syndrome and they're like, well, I don't have anybody to, to prepare a meal or get food for, so I'm not going to worry about it. Oh, yeah. I mean, I could skate by on like a couple pieces of cheese, a, you know, a little bowl of olives and a glass of wine. If I were on my own for dinner, I'd be happy, happy as a clam. Right. <laughs> not right. a good choice if I am in perimenopause. No. It's Let not. me ask you about something. And we didn't touch on this earlier, but carbs. And mm-hmm. I'm not necessarily saying low carb, but lower carb. Now, I haven't done one on one counseling in a long time. But I have gathered just in talking, helping friends, helping friends of my mom's, that it seems like most can benefit from maybe a lower carb or just not as high carb as they used to eat. Is that, have you found that? And why, do you know why that is? Well, what, you know, what I focus on, and actually having this conversation with a, a coworker this morning is low carb and what is reasonable carb people get they interchange those Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. because I remember Carolyn when you and I were training to be dietitians I remember planning a meal or you know meals for a day that had like 300 grams of carb yeah Um, oh you couldn't like say Dr. Atkins like when we were in college like no 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 I mean I remember being like the day he died and I was like I, I need to shut up, but um. yeah. <laughs> she remembers the day he died because his name was that seared in her brain. Yeah, yes. it was just like a bad word, but right. it's shifted. And th- but I do think people don't get that there's moderate carb, there's slightly lower moderate, and there's low carb, and then there's keto. There's lots. There's no. There's a big range. Right. right. I mean, when I'm talking with patients, I follow what the American Diabetes Association recommends, which you know. Somebody who has diabetes, that's not a special diet for them. That's what everybody should, you know, should start with. And that is looking at 130 grams of carb for the day. And that also spaced out, you know. And so I think it's a vast difference from where we were in, say, 1996 or 97, Mm -hmm. because we just know we don't need as much of that. And, you know, back in when I was training, you know, when you were training to be a dietitian, we would tell people, oh, you need to snack on pretzels. or oh, you all day snack. long. 
Oh yeah. Five or six small meals. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. I've, and now I'm like, no, no, yeah. no, no. Let's, let's focus on protein rich and combining that with a little carb. And that little carb can come from a vegetable, can come from fruit, um, or we can work in, yeah. you know, some snack crackers, but it doesn't need to be like it once was was considered. Yeah. So why, I think what we haven't covered for listeners yet, and I'm sure the three of us are like, oh yeah, of course, but why? Like, why is it valuable to dial back on the total carbs, particularly at this phase of life? Do we really, do we know? Yeah. Well, I think... From what I, what I, how I counsel my patients is if you fill up, so for example, if you snack on pretzels, if you snack on snack crackers exclusively, um, if you're focusing on, um, and not to bash cereal, but I mean, if you're focusing, like if you're having a big bowl of cereal at night, what are you missing? You're missing the protein. Mm -hmm. And so, and it's easy to to eat an excess of dry starchy foods. And, um, and so that is, you know, I'm like, well, you're consuming too many calories because you can, you can eat a lot of those type foods. Mm-hmm. And so that's why I try to, uh, to get people to scale back on them, regardless if it's for managing blood sugar or not. I think it also has a little to do with your metabolic health, specifically your glucose right. and insulin. I've discovered that in intermittent fasting that, you know, you don't want your insulin going up and down yeah. all day long. Um, no, no, you absolutely do not. So, okay. No. Well, did you find any foods that made your symptoms worse or just like you would advise people to stay away from or think foods that noticeably seem to help? Um, for me personally, I love, um, and it was actually the plan that I worked with when I was um, at UAB was focusing on foods that have a high water content. Mm-hmm. Um, and those tend to be whole vegetables, whole fruits, because you're getting not only a lot of water, but you're also getting a lot of fiber. And, um, and those, you know, you're having GI symptoms, you're going to need more fiber in your diet. Okay. The water is going to help you, mm-hmm. um, yeah. feel more hydrated and also help you feel more full and not overeat. And so I always push people to, you know, to look at filling up on those types of foods. Okay. Because um, there was research that came out from UAB in the early 1980s that showed when you eat foods with a high water content, and again, that tends to be whole vegetables, whole fruits, doesn't have to be fresh. Um, you know, that old advice that we used to give out shop the perimeter. I'm like, mm, there's, there's actually a lot of great places to shop in the store <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> and the freezer, the frozen food section is one. Um, so filling up on those foods helps you naturally cut back on other foods. And that's, you know, going to be a, a great strategy during this particular time. And I think online. part of it, carbs, especially your vitamins are just so in our face all the time. Mm-hmm. I think part of it, I've learned it with myself is just training myself no, don't grab the crackers. Go buy, go grab the raspberries and the yogurt in the fridge. You know, just right. almost like retraining your brain because they're not mm-hmm. the ones you naturally maybe go to. Right. Or, you know, mixing, um, say, for example, like a colleague of ours, um, um, Carolyn Burley, has a wonderful recipe for small protein balls. It's pe- just peanut butter, raw oats, and some mini chocolate chips with Love a little it. honey mm. sweetener. 
And that's a fantastic because it gives you the protein from the peanut butter, a little bit of good fiber rich carb from the oats, and you get that touch of sweetness that most every woman wants. Yeah. Yes. How many do you get? <laughs> she just baited you, Suzanne. She baited you. Yeah, I know you. she did. Usually I tell folks a, a two is a good serving. Okay. Thank you. So going back though, did, did you find any foods or beverages worsened your symptoms that you really needed to dial back on? Um, I think definitely. And then this is really, this is for any stage, but you notice it more when you are having GI symptoms um, or you're having cravings, et cetera. Concentrated sweets, refined sugars mm-hmm. just don't work well. They don't work well. Um, and so trying to get those foods out, you know, I tell, um, I tell my patients, female and male, um, the juices, cut yeah. the juices, cut yeah. the juices. Not, I mean, you know, a small glass of orange juice at your breakfast or whatever time of day, that's one thing. But, you know, cranberry juice, um, cocktail does not cure a urinary tract infection. I'm sorry, it just doesn't. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I wish I could lay on my couch and drink cranberry juice cocktail. Oh, all yeah. Day. yeah <laughs> Turn great. on Netflix. Yeah. <laughs> no, 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 no. Oh, my gosh. Have you, and sorry, this is something we discussed prior. Have you, um, with the concentrated sweets, have you noticed anything with artificial sweeteners? And let me preface this. This is coming from someone who drank a mini Coke Zero this morning. So, I'm not saying, you know, what is your advice you give or do you think that is right in line with the concentrated sweets kind of when it comes to the craving and just not being good overall? What I tell my patients is like if you're doing foods with a high, you're doing a lot of foods with um, sugar substitutes, artificial sweeteners, then you're most likely not doing high quality foods, high quality nutritious foods. Okay. So if you're doing like the small, you know, diet Coke a day, that's one thing. If you're doing that, plus the um, artificially sweetened puddings, if you're doing Mm -hmm. the, you know, the, um, all the products that are out there, then show me where the high quality food is. It's not in your diet. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I do want to come back to the weight because we probably scared some people earlier with like, all of a sudden this just like, Tire. your body apart appears you have lost significant a significant amount of weight though and I, I only i see you like it feels like all the time but really it's probably like once a year but so did that nat tell us a little bit about that once you hit menopause and did that naturally drop off or did you really have to work or well that was actually part of um part of the process was going through you know getting regular lab work again i think it's so important that that all people, I mean, women and men know you've got to see a primary care doctor regularly. Don't go a year and a half without seeing one or two years. That's, you need to be getting lab work done. As uh, we were going through, uh, my physician and I were going through kind of exploring what was happening and what stage I was in, part of that was testing um, thyroid. And so what we found was, okay, I've also got hypothyroidism now. So getting that thyroid corrected with medication made a huge difference in how my body actually burns, you know, what I'm eating. And so, uh, yeah, it was about a 20 pound weight loss. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Well, is there 
anything we haven't covered that you feel like is important to share with people or that you want people to know or just overall? I think in general, um, because I have this conversation with patients, with coworkers that are, um, you know, that are in this stage is women become, you know, because we do put pressure on ourselves um, for appearance and society puts pressure on us. And I think it's going back to that realizing, okay, things are changing and things, you know, it will come to an end, but just as you adapted to certain changes in your life, say, you know, getting married, becoming a parent, you know, what, whatever it was, realize that this is a physical change you're going through. And so don't beat yourself up about why have I gained this weight? Okay. Just kind of look at, I'm going through a change and it's going to, going to come to an end. And maybe I just need to look at doing things differently or seeing myself differently. Um, and again, giving yourself some grace because, you know, I frequently have women, I mean, I have two boxes of tissues in my office because I have patients who come in and start crying. And I'm like, you know, don't Largely be, because of the weight. Right. Because of the weight. And, you know, I'm like, don't, don't beat yourself up. Okay. Give yourself some grace. You're going through a different change. You know, you're, women are celebrated during pregnancy. Um, and then they're beaten up at this stage when their bodies are changing and that's just not fair. And so it's just saying, okay, don't, don't feel depressed. Just alter the things you do, do things for yourself, you know, mm -hmm. treat yourself in maybe some non-food ways. Okay. And, uh, and take care of yourself because as I I've told my patients for years prior to going through this myself through perimenopause, None of us, female or male, is perfect in every area of our life. We're not always the perfect spouse. We're not always the perfect parent, nor the perfect employee. Okay? Don't make your food and activity habits something that you feel has to be perfect because you wouldn't demand that of yourself in any other area of your life. And I think that's so important. That's so good. That is so... It's such a good message yeah well thank you so much i'm so proud of what you what you're doing and the voice you're bringing to this because you are evidently connecting with people and it needs a voice i've learned a ton just in the research for this yeah. um that i did not know and um you know i think you found a real niche and i hope you run with it because um you know uh, and i love that you're willing to share your personal story so thank you yeah. Well, no, thank you. I appreciate you giving the, the forum to, to share it. And because I think it's a message, again, we don't talk about, but we need to start having the conversation. Yeah. Thank you so much. <laughs> this was so good and so just yeah. insightful. And I appreciate you doing it. Okay. Well, no, thank you all again for the forum. I appreciate it. And uh, if you need anything or you need these gaps filled in, just let me know. Okay. okay. Thanks, Suzanne. Thank you, Suzanne. Have a okay. good weekend. Bye. Okay. Bye. so much for joining us for the happy eating podcast i'm briarly horton and i'm carolyn williams if you liked this week's episode then don't forget to rate and leave us a review on itunes and be sure to hit the subscribe button so you'll never miss a new episode 
We can't wait to have you back at our table next week for a brand new episode. Bye. Bye. The contents discussed in the Happy Eating Podcast, such as advice, studies, text, graphics, images, and other material discussed or presented on the site or podcast are for informational purposes only. Content is not intended to be a substitute for medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your mental health professional or other qualified health providers with any questions you may have regarding your condition. Never disregard professional advice or delay in seeking it because of something you have heard on the Happy Eating Podcast. If you are in crisis or think you may have an emergency, call your doctor or 911 immediately. If you're having suicidal thoughts, call 1-800-273-TALK, that's 8255, to talk to a skilled, trained counselor at the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline. If you are located outside the United States, call your local emergency line immediately.